Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 172. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy do, who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week and you've managed to do something, something. Doctor, Doctor Who, who related. related. Yeah. Indeedy. It's been a fairly quiet week for us. Well, for me anyway. Hmm. Hmm. I was just thinking this since that intro, I almost wanted to put a little Jody. Ah, oh, brilliant. In article, then, yeah, brilliant. Ah, oh, brilliant. I can't, I'm not going to do accents, we get told off, don't we? <laughs> Somebody but, yeah, did what, tweet, you know, and said, Are we, are you going to put Jodie in your intro now? Then, oh, yeah, she will be in there, I'm sure, at some point. But I did say possibly, but it feels a bit too early, too soon, too soon. Yeah, mm. I think once her sort of first proper episode has, has gone out, <laughs> might grab a, a, a different clip if she's got any, um, which I'm sure she will have. Uh, any decent one-liners <laughs> yeah i'm sure she will have hopefully <laughs> yeah Otherwise until then be... <laughs> we'll just go ah oh, brilliant <laughs> ourselves and the, the music <laughs> yeah. so yes 172 is here got a couple of bits of news to go through mm. a couple of bits of merch and then we're on to uh that cheeky chappy old 10 yes tenant score reunion K nine, K nine. So you you might have um, you might this might be familiar to some of you, uh, the school reunion thing because Adam and I, although we haven't reviewed this story before, we have done an audio commentary on it. Yeah, we always think we've reviewed it, don't we? Because we, we did do. that commentary. Yeah, I was the same when you we put it on the list. I was like, we've done that. You're like, no, we haven't. You know. So when I look through our extensive spreadsheet of uh, every Doctor Who episode and the ones that we've done and haven't done and and all that. I looked at it and thought, that's uh, that showing is not reviewed. I'm sure we've done enough. Ah, of course. That was the, uh, the commentary. Yes. So, you know. Anyways, what have you been up to, mate? You all good? Uh, well, yes, I'm, I'm a happy chap. I'm a happy chap because um, listeners to last week's podcast will know I've been waiting for a war machine to come crashing Ooh. through my front door. Mm. And um, I was getting worried because it was taking its time. <laughs> but then they are quite slow to be fair <laughs> uh, and he has he has arrived he has arrived so i'm talking about um eagle moss they do this figurine magazine and every now and again they do a special edition of that magazine where the figure is about five times the size of what they normally put out and uh so this is this is 
this one is of the War Machine. So special edition of the War Machine. And mate, I don't know if you saw the picture. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, I keep sort of carrying it round. It's really weird. It's like, you know, when you get a bit of merch you really like and you just keep moving. So I've put it on top of the piano and then I thought oh, I better put him in my collection. So he's gone on the shelf of all my other clutter. <laughs> and then I've brought him back down and I've put him next to the television. It's like, it's almost like I've got a new pet <laughs> that I'm just taking around the house with because it's Aww. such a great figure and it's really weighty as well. It's a real good <laughs> size and heavy figure. Um, so yeah, I'm a happy chap because I was getting a bit worried that he'd, you know, been lost in the post or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, a few things. And also with the other, things i thought got lost turned up as well which was the big finish cds um oh yeah yeah and i was saying this is weird because they've arrived together so the cd that was dispatched on the 2nd of jan apparently and then the cd that was dispatched three days ago arrived together and i was thinking right so that's the one i thought was lost and it's so i guess big finish perhaps when they say dispatched what they mean is the download has been released but we haven't actually dispatched it i think that's uh, looking at the facebook forum a big finish that's what i'm guessing because a lot of people have said the right, same about right. the first doctor adventure set because they're saying oh it's showing us being dispatched because they released it early didn't they that's they right. released it after the twice upon a time so i think that's where the confusion lies um they say dispatch what they mean is we've released the download but the cd will follow when you I know see. When yes. so there we go so, yes, I'm a happy chap. Things that I thought were lost <laughs> are here, and they're all nice and shiny and brilliant That's and on awesome. the shelf yeah. and good. Um, the only other thing I've been doing um, is reading this month's Doctor Who mag. Oh, yeah, with Jodie on the front. Uh, Jodie on the yep. front. Have you picked it up yet? No. Okay, well, this no. is the reason I mentioned it, because last couple of issues, Doctor Who mag, I think we posted this, have been a bit uh, weak. We've both sort of flicked through and not been much in there, has there? They've mm. been okay, but they yeah. don't not been anything great um this issue is really good i have to say um first of all beautiful cover that's you know mm-hmm. tick um it's got a nice little interview with with jody in the magazine itself cool, cool and it's got some really cool little features in it this month which i've actually because normally you know i'll flick through and if nothing grabs me it just gets thrown on the side but this week i've actually been reading bits in it which is always a good sign um there's a great little bit in it about the mr men books and stuff which is really cool so yeah so i recommend if you can find it because once again i've seen a few people tweeting that they haven't been able to find yes this month which is worrying um but yeah if you can see it in the shop i recommend getting this month it's uh it's a really good little issue okay yeah yeah, yeah i've seen a few tweets i mean it's still available um Around the corner at my local Sainsbury's, they've still got four or five copies there. So, yeah, if you recommend this month, mate, I'll um, I'll I'll pick that up. But yeah, I've seen uh, uh yeah, a couple of people have tweeted in to say, um, that they couldn't find it, and um, yeah, uh, somebody had said uh, it was the first time they've they've been able to get one at their local Tesco because whenever they go in there, it's always gone or it's not been mm. delivered. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? We've we've noticed this uh, a lot since probably August last year, I would say. It's the McCoy issue, wasn't it? The Something McCoy. happened. Something yeah. definitely they... happened with their yeah. distribution or their, I don't know, but it just seemed to be a lot of people commenting on the fact that they either can't find it or there's not been enough issues delivered so that it's, it's sold out before they got there. So mm. I guess if you're, if you're really into it, it would be what you do, and that is to, to subscribe, I suppose, but... Yeah, I must admit, yeah. although I, I know it, it, the only downside with subscribing is that it can arrive a bit battered. Um, but but to be fair, I think 
Well, I haven't checked this for a while because it just goes out every six months or whatever they take the payment. But I seem to remember when I subscribed, I got a really good deal in terms of it worked out, you know, that you, you get so many issues for a certain price and it worked out very good because hmm. I think it's five ninety nine now. Um, uh, is it five ninety nine, four ninety nine? Because 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 I subscribe, I don't even look at the price on the front, so I don't know how much it actually is an issue. I think it's five ninety nine, so it's worth subscribing to save money as long as you don't mind having a bit of a dent in the bottom of <laughs> of the spine every now and again and stuff. But um, I mean, the interview with Jody is really cool. It's not exactly an in depth interview, of course. It's just literally a little snapshot interview, just just talking with her. But it's just I don't know, it's something very exciting, isn't there, about having a new doctor on the yes. front cover yeah. and just getting to hear you know, their initial thoughts on what they think they're going to do with the role and all that sort of stuff. And there's nothing sort of revelationary in, in the interview, but it's just a nice little little thing. So, yeah, no, I recommend getting this month. So I, I enjoyed reading through this one. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't been out to much else, mate. I'm afraid, no. They, um, they are doing a, a subscription offer again on, on Doctor Who magazine. Oh, yeah. So you can get six issues for £19.50. No, that's not bad, is it? Or you can get uh, 12 issues, or sorry, 13 issues for £54. So if they're, I think they are, how much are they? They're roughly a fiver, aren't they? I think they're five ninety nine. yeah. Yeah, so normally it would cost you £29 for mm. six, but they're doing six for 20 quid. So you get two issues free, effectively. Yeah, which is not bad, is it? That's okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yes, uh, I've been up to too much, mate. I've been carrying on with the uh, the watch through with the McCoy set. Do you know what? I had a bit of a fail on um, on Thursday. So when when we recorded last Wednesday, mm. um, and I mentioned the the McCoy collectors set, we will stop talking about it one week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, yeah, because I was still just salivating at the mouth. Yeah, go yeah. on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said uh, I will put some pictures on definitely. So mm-hmm. on the Thursday afterwards, I got uh, got the old phone out, did a bit of Instagramming. Um, and I realised um, that nothing was working. So I did these cool little, I don't know how long they are, like 20-second clips of me sort of opening a book and flicking through. I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And uh, for some reason, it just wouldn't go through on on, oh, no. on the other end. So luckily, um, on Instagram, you can do this thing where when you take a photo or a, a video clip, you can save it to your camera roll, I think it is. Hmm. So I've got them. So I'll, I'll, I'll have another go. Later today oh, nice. or, or tomorrow, but um, but yes, uh, I also picked up. Um, so after last week's review, um, I took your advice and picked up the story Omega from Big Finish. Oh yeah, yeah. Haven't listened to it yet because hmm. somebody did tweet me and say you need to watch Arc of Infinity because, uh, of course, the um, Omega is a continuation after that story. Mm, yeah. So I stuck Arc of Infinity on, which is an interesting Davison story, that one. Yeah. Is that where they, is that the Amsterdam one or is that the other one? No. Um, I always get confused. Oh, yes, it is. No, it is. It is. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like we mentioned last week, I always thought that the Omega costume in the Three Doctors is a lot better than mm. the one in Arc. And uh, it kind of re- reconfirmed that to me. Um, I just don't like the bit at the end where he sort of the costume melts and there's all this like custard coming out of the suit and all yeah, that. And I'm like, oh yeah. dear. Um, yeah, it's interesting because they're very different designs and nothing 
there's no similarity at all, is there? They haven't sort of thought, well, let's tweak the costume. They've just given him a new costume. I, I like both, but um, I think I'll always prefer the Three Doctors one. Don't know, yes. just a bit more something yeah. about it. But I like both, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not too bad, but I definitely prefer the Three Doctors. I don't know, it just has something a bit more iconic looking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, this one's not bad. It's an interesting story, that one. It's um, It's a pretty good Tegan story as well. I did, you know. That's why I'm smiling because I'm just remembering that she's she's been dumped in the the story (laughs) the end of the last the story before. It must be time flight, I'm guessing. Um, Yeah, and then this one, you're kind of thinking she's in it, but she's not with the Doctor yet because I kept thinking, how does she get back on board the TARDIS? Like, when does that happen? Because it takes ages for them to meet up, if I remember right. But yeah, I haven't watched that one for a while. Yes, we haven't reviewed it, so it's not going to say too much. Ah, uh, um, yes, good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, did a quick sort of flash competition on Sunday, which is good fun. Oh yeah, uh, it's really good. So, congrats to um to Oliver, uh, Twitter name DW Fan Tweets, uh, bagged himself the copy of the Three Doctors special edition, which is good. That was good fun. And yeah, also well, congrats, Oli. Yeah, did a bit of convention planning as well mm. for the year. And there's one thing coming up, mate, which I'm absolutely gutted about. Oh, what's that? Because I've been looking at the usuals, uh, you know, the dates for London Film (laughs) Comic Con and also looking at MCON this year and a couple of other smaller Mm -hmm. ones. But have you ever heard of these events that they do at the the National Space Centre? Rings a bell, actually, yeah. Yeah. So every year... Never been to one, but... Yeah. So the last few years, I think, the last three or four years, they've done these kind of weekend shows where it's normally called something like... um, science fiction uh, the science of science fiction or stuff, stuff like that and they they've typically had a couple of people from who you mm. know turn up and do a couple of things but this year um they've got this really cool weekend on called science of the time lords oh. and it's um it looks really good so they've got activities throughout the day they've got um lots of stuff going on but it's the guests that are really cool so on the saturday this is not too bad so you've got dan starkey Mm. Gemma Redgrave and Neve McIntosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So those three on a Saturday. But, mate, the Sunday is the belter. So Colin. On, so on the Sunday, we've got Colin Baker. Yeah. McCoy. Colin and McCoy, okay. Davison. Davison? And McGann. No, you're joking. I'm not joking, mate. Well, that's, I, I, I'm genuinely shocked. I hadn't seen this. So that is that is impressive. It looks awesome. And they've also got Artists Alley as well. So you know at some conventions you have those big sort of areas where they've got all the artists who are like doing illustrations and selling stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they got Stuart Manning there. He did the really cool oh, he's good, Into yeah. the Dalek and some of those other alternate covers and stuff. Um, Chris Achilleos. Yeah. That name could ring a bell. Classic, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Thompson, he's one of the um, he's one of the guys that if you've seen any of the big finish covers that have got any kind of 3D models on the front, he's the guy that does them. So if you'll recognise um, the stained glass TARDIS from the Colin um, Baker story. Yeah. Uh, so he did that. So that event sounds awesome. What's it called again? But we can't go. Oh. Because it's on... The, the Sunday where all the, the the cool peeps are is the 28th and we're in London. for the, Oh, we're at the BFI. We're at the BFI for oh, the Day of the no. Doctor showing. Oh. That's what I mean. It's, I, when I saw this, I was like, okay, I've, I've, I've heard this before and I know that Davison did it, did it last year. 
but it was only I think it was only Davison and McCoy that were there last year. And mm. I think um possibly Nicola Bryant was there and Sophie Aldred. Um but this looks like such, I can't believe like all four of those guys are going to be there. And it's not even a mainstream convention, you know, that's I run know. by Joe Masters or or any of those guys. So yeah, I I will be completely honest with you. <laughs> I'm I'm in two minds about <gasps> about ditching the BFI thing. Oh no. And uh and because how often do we say that I mean for me, I still need to meet Davison. I've still not oh, had yeah, a chance course, to yeah. meet him. And McGam. I know we've met him a couple of times, but how many mm. times do we say it'd be really cool to get those guys together and yeah, I assume they're going to do a joint photo shoot as well. Surely that would be amazing to be in a photo of all of them doctors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where where is it though? Uh, it's a bit of a train trip. It's not too far. It's um in Leicester. Leicester. Okay. So it's about an hour and a half, I suppose, on the train. It's not too bad. Yeah, I'm just surprised. I, I mean, I, I saw. I think I've seen this floating around on Facebook, and I hadn't really taken much notice of it. But um, yeah, that completely passed me by that they've got all those doctors. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, mm. very tempting. It's really <laughs> tempting, isn't it? Very tempting. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, dear. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. I mean, yeah, and you, yeah, like you said, you haven't met Davison, so mm. they got a really cool exhibition there as well, apparently. Lots and lots of uh, classic Who collectibles on show. Mm. I shall have to have a look at the website. I might be tempted as well. Yeah. I can hear Morgan, our good friend Morgan, who's meeting us at the BFI, shouting at us, going, no! Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, the BFI shine, it will be cool, because it's really great to, to chill out with other Who fans and watch Who on the big screen. It's very cool. But this is very, very tempting. Mm. Mm. As is um, MCON. A lot of people have been talking about MCON yeah, uh, yeah. last week because um, Pearl's been added and who else has been added? Somebody else called. There's some, uh, David Bradley, I think, is there. And yeah, so a lot of people say about MCON, which is in Nottingham. Yeah, well, uh, MCON do a few all over the place. Um, there's one, so Davison's at one of them. And yeah. Um, Billy Piper is at the. Billy's just been added, hasn't she, to Nottingham? Uh, the, the Barton one. She's been added too. Is she at Nottingham oh, uh, as well? I think think she is yeah, yeah i'm sure she is yeah um yeah. but yeah so there's the mcons um i've never been to an mcon one before no um but it does look very good so i've been yeah so i've been looking into those as well so that's definitely on on the radar yeah i was gonna yeah. say another temptation yeah yeah <laughs> so it's good but i like that i like the fact there's some good conventions coming up and it's good to see davison doing a few as well especially yes. yeah because yeah. I'd, I'd like to meet him again i do really like davison's doctor yeah, especially having read his book as well, I'd have to make sure I didn't wear my Tom Baker scarf this <laughs> oh, time. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder his face dropped after reading what he says. But yeah, no, cool. Well, I'll definitely keep them on the radar. Ah, why do these things have to be on the same day? So annoying. I know, mate. Oh, I know. Anyway, yeah, the perils of being a who fan. Eh? Uh, do you know what? That's exactly what I just thought. Yeah. But shall we land the TARDIS and do some news? Oh yes, we should. <laughs> First up, we're doing that really annoying thing where we start off the news segment with some sad news. Mm. Uh, so David Fisher, name might ring a bell to some of you, um, has sadly passed away uh, this year at the age of 
88. He was um, uh, he was involved in Tom's era um, back in the day, in the late 70s, I would say. Mm. Um, and he wrote um, three or four stories for, for Tom's era. He was... Um, he was sort of the main contributor, really, to the the Key to Time uh, series. You know, that kind of yeah, mini kind of... One of my least favourite eras, actually, Yeah, Baker's. But yeah, there's a couple of little bits. He And he was mostly involved in Stones of Blood, which, if anything, is one of the better ones in that era, I think. Yeah. That season, I should say. I know you hate that word. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to review that. but No. Um, but yeah, so Stones of Blood then went on to do the Androids of Tara. Yeah. Um. And then he went on to do The Creature from the Pit, uh, 79. Um, and then one thing that is quite interesting, which you and I um, sort of picked up on earlier, was uh, he, he kicked off the the script for City of Death, mm. um, but was unable to finish it for, um, for personal reasons. So he had to hand over that responsibility to Douglas Adams. But uh, it would have been interesting to see how it went if he'd have stayed on, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then and his, the leisure hive. Yeah, wasn't it? that was his last story, the leisure hive, which was. Uh, yes. Have we reviewed leisure hive? No, not yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'll keep a bit of zip then, but yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, but it did. Um, he, he did. Uh, he, he did write for quite a few things. Sort of. This is sort of early. Um, Hammer horror stuff. He was involved in. Mm. Um, and some other things around sort of the 70s, uh, stuff like Dixon and Dot Green and Crown Court, uh, that sort of thing, Crime of Passion. Oh, yeah. So, you know, those sort of things around that time period, he was he was fairly heavily involved in. But, uh, yeah, sadly left us um, on the 10th of January, aged 88. 88. Yeah, sad news. Okay, in other news, um, it's been a nice little piece in uh, Radio Times this week about Jodie Whittaker um, talking about when she filmed her regeneration scene. And apparently she did it almost immediately after being announced because she was worried that if they did it before um, and it was spotted going into the Cardiff studios that, you know, people might put two and two together and stuff. And so literally it sounds like they announced her and then got her into the studios <laughs> on the set. Go. Um, cause she sort of talks about how she didn't sort of prep much for it. She didn't sort of, you know, go through the whole story. She literally just sort of went with what she had on her page, um, which wasn't a lot. So, you know, she said oh, she didn't prep for it. She just kind of went with her gut instincts. And, um, she talks about the first time that she actually steps on to the TARDIS set and realizing that everybody around her had been doing this for ages. <laughs> um, and she was like, you know, the new girl, it was her first day. So she says, um, I'd never stepped on that set. Uh, almost everybody else was who was shooting that scene had been working there for months and months, but I was there for a matter of hours. For me, everything, it felt brand new. So I think it's more to be trusting about my instincts. Sounds like she got on very well with Rachel Talali, the director. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's just interesting to think that, you know, announcement straight in done because i was wondering like you know when when they'd actually rec got that done and recorded and managed to keep it secret and all that sort of stuff so yeah, yeah. it's interesting you'd have thought that she would have you know based on how they'd filmed regenerations over the last few years you'd have thought that she would have arrived on set as capaldi was leaving mm. so he'd have done his bit and then she was on and because i remember the um uh, looking at the or watching, sorry, the behind the scenes stuff for when Tennant left, and he was saying that it felt very, very odd to 
see someone else wearing his costume. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really emotional um, behind the scenes. Um, uh, I, I think they did it in a way where it was meant to be David Tennant himself kind of filming behind the scenes. It was like his video diaries, mm. if you like. And he, he said it was so weird. And I remember they did that with him as well. So when, when Eccleston left, he sort of wandered off and into the sunset and then they called Tennant on and he did his bit. So it's very interesting that she did all that stuff, you know, immediately after the announcement. Mm, I'm asking uh, myself if she was there <clears throat> at the same time as uh, Capaldi filming his regeneration bit or not. Because I'm reading between the lines. I don't think, I think it sounds like they filmed them separately. Yes, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I might be wrong. I'd lo- I'd love to know actually if somebody out there wants to correct me or or knows. But reading between the lines, it sounds like she came in and filmed her regeneration separately from Capaldi. So, like you said, with Tennant, I remember seeing pictures of um, David Tennant and Matt Smith together, both mm. wearing the blue suit on the TARDIS set. Remember those pictures <laughs> of them goofing around? And Matt looks so different in those early pictures as yeah, well. I don't know. Yeah. He just looks so young. And I just want. Yeah, I don't remember seeing. For example, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi together on the set, you know, and that sort of thing. So maybe they did film them separately again um, with Jodie and Capaldi. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It does sound like um, she did her bit separate. Mm. It sounds like to me. But interesting. I've just got visions of uh, somebody sort of throwing a bag over her head and bundling (laughs) into a into a van and. You know, you're not allowed to know where we're going and all that. And she put, oh, it's been announced. I'm safe. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, get that bag off. You know, she's all right. <laughs> In you go. Yeah. Actually, talking of that and secrecy and stuff, um, they're, they're doing very well, I think, so far, keeping keeping uh, Series 11 secret. I'm, mm. I'm not going to say what they are, but I know there's been a few tiny little scraps yep. leaked about where they're filming, who's directing, and I've seen one shot of, um, of a location uh, that was made up with certain things. And so, but that's it. And, and I mean, the things I've seen and ha- and heard have been very unspoilery, pretty much. So it's good. Do you know what I mean, it's just that's how I like it. It's just enough mm-hmm. for me because I'm not I'm not massively bothered about little spoilers. You know, big ones like oh, John Sims coming back. Yeah, I'm. You know, <laughs> I can do without that. But you yeah. know, little little nibbles, little breadcrumbs. I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, but I like it. I'm liking this. It seems it, it's definitely tightened up. I think. Yeah. Um, because I haven't seen many filming pics and, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. And also saw a little tiny nugget from the official Doctor Who Twitter account to say that um, the autumn broadcast is confirmed. So, oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's, there was a lot of, you know, some people were floating around April, some people were saying mm. July. Um, so they haven't specified the month, but I, if it's autumn, I'm going to say, what's that, September onwards? I would have said so. September-ish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's all good. Just imagine when the first trailer drops. Oh, wow. I'm already thinking about these things. I was sat, mm. sat on the sofa yesterday thinking, right, we mustn't book holidays. <laughs> we mustn't be away <laughs> on that first. Because what was it? Well, um, what did I miss? Did I miss Did I miss the first episode of Series 10 or something? I remember there was something Something where a holiday was booked and I realised it was the same. I think it was the start of Series 10. But that mustn't happen. Not at all. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) So, yeah. So, we're looking forward to Jodie, actually. Me too, mate. The more I see of her and the more I see little interviews, I'm getting more and more excited. Um, But just lastly, to comment on what you said about the the secrecy thing, 
Mm. They are doing very, very well with that. And the, the thing that I like uh, the most about all this is um, Mr. Chibbers. Oh, oh, Chibbers. Mr. Chibners. Chibnall. He, he's remained very, very quiet throughout the whole thing. I know he's done the odd interview here and there, but, you know, the Moff very much, you know, right from the off did the, the PR thing. He was out and about and mm. was attending all sorts and speaking to the Radio Times and very, very vocal about, you know, his plans for the show and what was happening and stuff like that. Whereas Chibbers has been really quiet, not heard anything really about his, you know, he, well, he, he's spoken very lightly and generically about the show he hasn't given anything specific has he no he hasn't i'm just smirking because there's a picture of him in this month's dot two magazine he sort of sat against some blinds and he looks really miserable <laughs> and he's sort of like oh come on chris you know but i'm sure he's not i mean i know remember when he was at the experience meeting fans um uh, last year on the day it closed or whatever and he was having loads of selfies he seems like a really nice chap so mm. uh, but yeah you know he'd gone for that typical almost moody i'm in a band profile picture and, you oh, know, yeah. where, where you, and i was thinking no come on let's have a let's have a smile chris they must have done a, <laughs> must have done another picture but anyway yeah yeah but no he's I, I like that we've got some some quietness going on and it's not just full-on mm. you know let's go and drag everybody to a screening of something and let's do a tour of whatever and because you know if we rewind back a couple of years the yeah. bbc at one point were very shouty about doctor who because they didn't they bundle capaldi and uh jenna and jenna off around the world to doing all sorts of press leading up to oh they stuff. went all over the place yeah. didn't they so the yeah. bbc could have very easily said to jody and and chibbers and stuff you know like you guys are on the road now you're going to do a lot of press and pr we're going to show you off and so i they like i like it that it's quiet that. Mm. they still might do that but yeah i'm thinking remember when capaldi was at the front of um houses of parliament with the tardis and a big dinosaur yeah. for the deep breath <laughs> thing and all that yeah. and some dry ice floating around and you know yeah. so it'd be interesting i i think there will be i think once we start getting near transmission i think it, it seems like they've ploughed some some money into this series, from what I'm hearing, mm. like the new cameras they're using and and the locations they're currently filming in. And I think hopefully we're going to see some good. I hope they're going to get behind it because if you yeah. think about was it series nine where they had to use the previous series trailers to advertise and stuff, it was as if they'd just given oh, up yeah. on it. Yeah. So yep. I think we're going to I think we're going to see some good stuff. Um, Closer to the transmission, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, just save save the money that you'd spend on all that hoo ha. Yeah, just invest it into uh, you know more writers and some consistency. People wouldn't go yeah. amiss. Wouldn't go amiss, no. Yeah. Uh, anyways, shall we uh, get our metal buddy and see what? Oh, let's get him in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. <laughs> I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Unauthorised books. Hmm. As in independently published books. Got any, got any of those? I've got a few, yeah. And they vary. Some are actually very good and some hmm. of them are shockingly bad, but yeah. <laughs> so we've got a new one that's just landed. And it's called Time Shadows Second Nature. Okay. And it's been put out by Pseudoscope Publishing. Um, this one is for charity, though. 
Okie dokie. So all of the proceeds, pro- proceeds, all of the proceeds uh, will be donated to Code, um, which is a Canadian uh, charity. All uh, oh, right. For literacy and learning, uh, mainly in Canada, but around the world as well. So, um, yes. So when I first read the headline, I was like, "Oh, another one." <laughs> mm. You know. However, it's uh, it's been done for charity, so that's that's pretty good. Um, and uh, the synopsis for the book is thus. Um, Everywhere he goes, uh, I was going to say people always, <laughs> everywhere he goes, the doctor is confronted. He takes the weather with him. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor is confronted by mysteries and marvels, danger and delight. Along the way, he encounters a medieval knight in a supermarket, some time-displaced Vikings, a weapon from the Time War, a stain on his office carpet, which poses a threat greater than Bill can imagine, and so Bill. much more. Mm. He brings hope to the oppressed. He never gives up and never gives in to the doctor. That is second nature. Okay. So it is a Capaldi story. Yeah. Um, however, the, the cover would suggest that. However, because it's unofficial, they can't use him. So they've used a stand-in and they've just kind of, you know, put his face in shadow and stuff. So he's, mm. he's basically an elder gentleman with sort of the grey hair holding up... Um, what loosely looks like his Sonic. They can't replicate it exactly for copyright, but, um, and in the background, it's got all the cogs from the clock, you know, the usual that you'd see for mm-hmm. anything to do with that. But, um, yeah, it seems quite interesting. And it's basically a collection of stories. It's not a, a, a long novel by some, by one person. It's a, um, it's an anthology of, of short stories, essentially. Yes. Um, so we look to see how much it is. I can't find Let's it. Let's have a looky. I'll tell you. So it is nine pound fifty. <laughs> there you go. I've just found it. <laughs> nine pound. There you 50. go. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like this is the second one as well. They've done two apparently that you can order from that uh, website. You said pseudo. How do you say it? Pseudoscope Publishing. That's right. Yeah. So I think the first mm. one's just called Time Shadows, mm. and this one's called Time Shadows: Second Nature. So could be interesting. Um, I quite like these books that are made up of many stories. It does break it up a little bit and mm. um, stuff, but we'll see. But it's for a good cause anyway. So um, if this is your thing, if you're into sort of the indie publishing and people writing Doctor Who outside of the BBC, this could be for you. Absolutely. Thank you, Dalek Tat, for that. No, he's, <laughs> he's not listening. Okay, uh, the other thing on his, on his little metal tray is uh, a new Big Finish release that's coming out in April. Um, it's an eighth Doctor box set, and it's called Ravenous. And uh, this is a trailer, really. It sounds pretty good. There's um, there's some cast details, but not much in terms of synopsis yet. But what is exciting to me <laughs> is that I'm seeing a name on here, and it says that Nicholas Rowe is playing the part of the Candyman. Mm. Now, is that the Candyman? Because I think it is. Um, I but I might so. be wrong because it doesn't tell me much more. If you go to the Big Finish website, there's not a lot on there. But So there's going to be four stories. Um, Their Finest Hour by John Durney. How to Make a Killing in Time Travel by John Durney. Uh, World of Damnation by Matt Fitton. He's good. He's, he writes quite a lot of yeah. yeah. uh, And Sweet Salvation by Matt Fitton. So four new stories. Uh, I'm guessing they'll all be linked in some way in this new box set mm-hmm. called Ravenous. Um, it's Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor, obviously. Nicola Walker playing the part of Liv Chanka, who seems to be uh, starring in quite a lot of them. Um, of the recent McGann stuff, which is mm-hmm. good because she's she's actually very good as well. So, yes, um, 
I'm liking. I mean, it's it's good. I like any all the sort of ape doctor stuff. A big finish is uh, is normally a pretty good standard. So uh, again, this is for me a pre-order. I'll be getting it. Yeah, for I me just also. Like McGann. I yeah. love McGann on Big Finish. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also stars Ian McNeese as Winston Churchill. Oh. Yes, I'd, I'd miss that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, and Mark uh, Bonar, Bonar, but Bonar. <laughs> Um, it's, it's coming back as the 11 I've just realised the 11 popped up in um, Doom Coalition uh, Doom Coalition yes. um, and he was very good in that first story actually very mm. good mm. yeah so that's interesting I would say that it is the Candyman that we're familiar with because they've spelled it with a K I think so I listened to the trailer earlier and I didn't hear that voice but maybe I missed it because no, I did get interrupted as I said to you earlier I kind of had it on in the background Um yeah, I think it is spelled with a K, so that would be awesome. Mm. Um, the cover they've put up, I'm assuming, is just a... That's not the actual cover yet, I assume. That's going to be... It might be, but... That I is think the that's cover. Just, yep. Oh, is it? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a... What do you call it? Uh, temporary. Um, temporary yeah. cover. Is that... It? Oh, because yeah. I, was, I was hoping to see a picture of the Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> I like this cover. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I just wanted it completely different. I just want, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just to, to, for anyone for listening. Uh, it's just a picture of McGann uh, with Dot Two Ravenous written across it, and and like a nice tint of blue. Is it? <laughs> You're colour blind, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, it is go. blue, isn't it? It's purple. Oh, is it? It's a very deep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. It's, it's nothing wrong with the cover. I just assumed it's a temporary one because there's not much going on on it, and they do tend to big finish covers do tend to be busy these days. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. but I think because this is one of the um, McGann series. Oh, I don't know. Actually, you could be right. I don't know. Mm. Um, we'll but it's see. out in April, so that's not too far away. So they've normally nailed the cover by now. Yeah, that's true. Because um, they've got big finish all the way up to August that you can pre-order and stuff, and they've all got the final covers. So. Who knows? Um, They've started doing more box sets, haven't they? How do you feel about this? Because, you know, like the fourth Doctor range, which I've really enjoyed but but got very behind on. They've So the new fourth Doctor set, they've done it as um kind of like, I don't know what they're up to now, seven, is it? 7.1. Yep. So they're doing it sort of more as box sets rather than individual releases, which in a way I think I prefer, you know, because it saves you having to... It's like one sort of bulk payment, but you've got like the whole set. And because I've I've fallen really behind with the Fourth Doctor adventures, and it it saddens me because I want to have anything with Tom Baker on my shelf. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm kind of and they but with the Eighth Doctor they've started doing box sets, and they have been for a while. And I think I prefer it because then you've just you've got it. You know that you're not gonna in three months time think oh I'm already three CDs behind. You've just got that set for that you know few months. So. I think I like like the way they go with it. I think, I yeah, I, I yeah. like it because you you're download. I mean, I know you're going download only, aren't you? But yeah, um, but I do like it because for the reason that you said that you don't feel like you're slipping so far behind because you know you've yeah. got it and you can you know you'll you'll get round to it. But um, yeah, so I think it kicks off with the yeah the fourth Doctor series seven volume one, um, which comprises of how many stories? Uh, well, the fourth Doctor one. One, two, three, four. Four stories in each box set. Yeah, and you normally get like a, a disc of, make, you know, like mm. a behind the scenes as well. So they're good, normally good value for like 20 odd quid yeah. for the pre-order. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 25 quid for that for CD or 20 quid for the digital. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm. Mm. But anyways. 
Mr. McGann will be joining us in April for Ravenous. Interesting title. Yeah, I'm ravenous. It makes you feel like he's hungry. I'm, I'm ravenous. <laughs> I need some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do for merch. We've kicked uh, old Tat out the door. Yeah. He's off in his searches for more stuff for next week. Right then. Review time. Mm. Adam. Gary. What have we got this week? Gary. This week, 10th Doctor Story, The School Reunion. Good morning, class. Are we sitting comfortably? May I introduce Miss Sarah Jane Smith? Hello. K9! Three months ago, turns out all the kitchen staff were replaced. See, there's definitely something going on. I was right to call you out. You seem to be something new. Maximum defense mode. Boy in class this morning. Got knowledge way beyond planet Earth. Affirmative, master. The time has come, my brothers. Today we shall become gods. Oh, my God. Pain and loss, they define us as much as happiness or love. Everything has its time. And everything ends. <gasps> oh, just welled up a little bit there. Old Sarah Jane back. Sarah Jane. I can yeah. hear people screaming at me as well, going, it's just school reunion, not the... I don't know why I put the on the front. School reunion. Yes. Who fans are very particular... I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, people are going to be, should we go back and edit? Oh, it's too late. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> when I put a tweet out for our uh, review of the, the show that went out just after Christmas, where we reviewed Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. In the tweet, um, you know, it got abbreviated to T-U-A-T. Yeah. I think I put T-A-U-T accidentally in the tweet. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> and I tell you what, <laughs> I had so many tweets saying you've spelt it wrong it's 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 like just relax no the, it must be right the world's not gonna end because Gary, for the greater good <sighs> who fandom sometimes honestly i know as soon as i said the school reunion i was like no no there's no that oh it's too late the interest started oh it's yeah, all gone. yeah you know you'd have like a million people coming down like a ton of coming at me coming yeah. at me yeah. anyways School Reunion came out in April 2006. Uh, wowzers, it's 12 years old. Oh, don't. Crikey Moses. Oh, no. Yes, it was written by Toby Whithouse. It was directed by James Hawes, and it stars uh, Mr. Tennant, obviously, um, uh, Rose and Mickey, and then also we're joined by uh, Liz Sladen and Sarah Jane, um, Anthony Head, as the headmaster, Mr. Finch. And K9. K9. <laughs> Yay. Annoying little dog. <laughs> Bad I'm, dog. I'm joking. I'm joking. Bad dog. Uh, so plot is thus um, the uh, school in question, which is called something like uh, Defry Vale School. That's the one. Uh, the results have been um, absolutely superb since the new headmaster have taken over, so much so that it's attracted the attention of the now sort of journalistic undercover investigator that is Sarah Jane. Um, also, at the same time, um, Mickey has alerted uh, the Doctor and Rose to some strange goings-on, so it's kind of a double team-up to investigate that they didn't know the other one was investigating until they bump into each other. And then when they do... Um, it's up to them to 
put a stop to the evil plan uh, that is being carried out by the Krillotanes. Mm. Uh, so these creatures essentially um, uh, go from world to world and destroy and conquer and take on some of the physical aspects of the species that they've that they've conquered. Um, yeah, so school reunion in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, overall, before we get into detail, what did you reckon to to this one? Um, I, I I've always quite liked this story. Um, well, I've always liked it a lot actually. Um, I think it's a nice, easy watch. It's a very it's not complicated, um, but there's enough going on in it and some lovely moments in it. It's, it's kind of a big story in a little setting, I always think. Um, do you know what I mean? It's got it all going on in there. You've got this big takeover plan, but it's all kind of just flows very nicely, I think. Um, and there's some awesome scenes in it, which I just, every time I'm watching, I'm just waiting for the certain bits to happen. Um, I, I, I really like it. I, I really do. If, you know, I, uh, I've watched it quite a few times over the years and I think nothing will ever quite compare to the very first time I watched it when it first went out because I was just blown away by Sarah Jane and K-9 coming back and, and all of that. And the ending absolutely obliterated me <laughs> on a first watch. I was a complete sobbing mess um, <laughs> when this first went out on TV. Um, and it still, it still chokes me up every time, um, but not quite to that extent. So, um, nothing, I'll never love it as much as I did when I first watched it, but I still really enjoy watching this one. Um, I just think it's a very accessible story. And even if you're not like a massive Doctor Who fan, I think you could sit down and watch this as it really gets that balance right, right. um, of appealing to a casual viewer and, you know, hardcore fans, I think. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it gets a big thumbs up from me, this one. Cool. Cool. What about you, my friend? Um, yeah, I I really enjoy this story. Mm. I, I think it's a good mix of um, sort of classic nods, obviously with Sarah Jane and, and K Nine, um, mm. with some some great performances. Really, I really like um, obviously Tennant in this one, but yeah. um, Rose and Mickey are really good. The interactions between Rose and Sarah Jane are really really good. Mickey's quite funny, and and I really like Anthony Head as well. Um, Mm. He's a he's a great uh, actor, that guy. So, um, and the story overall is quite fun as well. It's um, it's just a good sort of no nonsense adventure. There's not much to really think about. You know, no. you don't have to sort of you don't walk away thinking what the bloody hell was that all about? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just a good old fashioned Doctor Who adventure with um, you know, some decent action and suspense and some humour. Yeah, it just all mixes together to to make a really cool episode. Really. Mm. watching it last night it really flows as well mm. like the pacing is quite fast paced it isn't is. it it yeah. really really sort of zips along this episode um and then there's one there is a scene i absolutely love where it just it's probably really the only time it just stops to breathe um and it's it's the scene where the doctor meets up um with finch by the swimming pool oh, just yeah. to say yeah. uh what's your plan because if i don't like it it's gonna stop and yeah. i i yeah. love absolutely love that scene um do you remember last week when we were reviewing the third doctors where i said to you i love it when the doctor and the main baddie get together and just have a little chat mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they do uh, in this yeah. isn't it <laughs> they get together they circle each other a little bit they have this sort of little chat there's no big fight it's not you know it's just that's you know that's why I, you know i love 
the doctor <laughs> because that's what uh-huh. he does. He doesn't go in and have a fist fight. He goes in and has a chat with the, the big bad guy, you know, and he's not scared of the big bad guy. He's just like, well, I'll just stop you if I don't like it. I just think it's a great scene. It's a very nice, quiet moment in a otherwise quite fast paced story. And I just love the way that they just both walk off the doctor to stop him, him to carry on with his plan. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And like you said, you don't have to, it's not taxing on the brain, is it? You can just sit there. You know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good watch. It is good, and I like the fact that it is emotional, like you said. Oh, the, yeah, it's, especially the ending. It does sort of, it does, it does pull a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but I like that Russell T. Davis didn't, although it's written by Toby Whithouse. I think this was very much an an original idea from from Russell. Mm. Um, apparently, this was one of the things that he he said he wanted to do when he pitched it way back in two thousand and three. He said that he wanted to um, have a, a classic companion come back into into the story to show what, what happened. I think he did say specifically Sarah Jane. Yeah. Because he wanted to show what happens to a companion once the Doctor's left. So obviously we know that in the Hand of Fear, Sarah Jane gets left behind. <laughs> um, and like you said earlier, we don't really know what, what happened to her. Um, so I think Russell was very keen to almost sort of link up the classic and the new years together, but not make it overly fan servicey. Yeah. You know, he wasn't trying to make a classic episode and make it over the top about classic who, but it's just, you know, that amalgamation of the two things and how Sarah Jane's kind of got on with her life. And, you know, she's still doing, it was really cool that there was a, a really nice moment, you know, where the doctor, when Sarah Jane finds the TARDIS in the school, I love that scene with that beautiful bit of Russell. And it pans um, round. Yeah, and he's just behind. Oh, yeah. so good. That, that when she first claps eyes on it, and that really mm. cool Murray Gold comes in, and oh, it's brilliant. And yeah. then when he when he says to her, she's she's quite angry with him at, to begin with, isn't she? Because she's you know she's quite miffed that he left her, and mm. uh, you know traveling with the Doctor, which we hear many times from companions. You know, it becomes mm. their life. You know, they come become obsessed with it almost. And it's really cool that they deal with that immediately. You know, they don't sort of make it this sort of sad thing throughout the entire story that you know, she's mm. still harping on about it. You know, the, the doctor's quite upbeat about it. He's like, yeah, but here you are. You know, you're investigating, you're doing your thing, you're being Sarah Jane. So yeah, I, I really like that they didn't kind of linger too much on, you know, why she was left and, you know, she's still angry with him, you know, and all that stuff. They just sort of had that nice little moment and then there's a couple of little conversations afterwards, but you know, they kind of deal with it and then move on. And then you've, you're, you're dealing with the, the threat that's imminent there and then. Mm. And I think that's, re- I think that's a lot of it's down to Russell and Toby Whithouse for that. I think they've really sort of, although Toby wrote the script, I think between the two of them, they, they, they came up with a really, really good story. Yeah. Amazingly, it fits in 45 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say it wraps up really quickly um, at the end, doesn't it? it? Just you know, but it doesn't feel, it didn't feel rushed to me. It just found like felt like a nice little nugget of, yeah, that's that's done. Canine yes. blows them all up, and I remember like the first time I watched it, thinking, oh no, I can't believe they've blown up Canine. I thought, you know, they've only brought him back to blow him up, and that's really sad. Oh, he's back! <laughs> and I was just like, that was amazing. It's really sad that bit. 
Because you think sad. that he's going to sacrifice it. Well, he does sacrifice himself. I did. Himself. I honestly thought, I thought, oh, yeah. They, yeah, I remember just thinking at the time, you know, like, fans are going to go mad. They've actually killed off K9, finally. <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, you know, uh, Mark 4 or 5 or whatever he is comes out at the end. And, yeah. and again, they don't just um, they don't just do that, but they then use it to, to bring home the analogy of... Um, he's replaced me with a new one and she's like yeah he does that and it's like oh my god <laughs> you know that's the whole point of what you oh it's just brilliant piece of writing at the end there it's, brilliant. it's, it's superb yeah yeah that's one of the strong points um of this story i would say is the writing because mm. when when you're if it was just um the doctor with rose and mickey that's one thing but when you have to include sarah jane and k9 from the classic era in there as well yeah i, I imagine it would have been a fairly difficult script to write because um as i said you have to you know you still you have to appreciate that sarah jane's back because she's a very loved companion from mm -hmm. from the classic years as well as k9 but you can't really because and i and i hate doing this but it has to be mentioned but i would say that if the moth wrote this episode you know we'd probably see k9 back every week <laughs> you know, and it would be a very different situation of how he dealt with Sarah Jane. It'd probably be a bit more melancholy and a bit more, you know. Um, mm. So I'm I'm really glad that this fell into Russell's era and not the Moth's era. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I was going to say, actually, talking about the writing for Rose and Mickey, What what's good about it is Toby Whithouse uses them as kind of like our eyes, to to fill in you know to anyone that may not you know watch doctor who the classic series so like the younger viewers that they've only known it since eccleston took come mm, back yeah. he uses rose and mickey as our eyes to to explain who sarah jane is who k9 is it's if you know what i mean if you watch it they're like asking all the questions that perhaps if you didn't know you'd be asking mm -hmm. so who's, what's that that's k9 it's you know he's my friend and all this and this is sarah jane we used to travel together and they're sort of being us uh, they're sort of being okay. the the new viewer in the story and it's it's yeah again it's a great great way that they're written in i think because they don't feel like um they're given stuff to do aren't they like everyone's got their own little thing um i mean i know rose gets a bit jealous and all that <laughs> but again really it's just to sort of show the difference you know, um, between yeah. the two two companions, uh, I do find that slightly annoying. Actually, when I watch it now, it does seem a little because she gets jealous straight away. <laughs> she's like, as soon as Sarah Jane's, she's like, who's that? And I, that's probably just a time thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. To get the episode moving, but I did think, why is she jealous from the get go? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. No, I read you, but I think, um, well, you nailed it there. The the having uh, Rose and Mickey go through. Uh, with the adventure and kind of be in our eyes if you like because they're mm. they're asking all the questions that maybe newer fans of the show wouldn't necessarily know mm. so if you'd have picked up doctor who I, I assume there would have been a lots of of now doctor who fans that would have potentially started watching it from this series maybe you know previous people have said oh you've not watched doctor who i should watch it a new series starts soon so mm. and they've never watched it before so they don't know who sarah jane is or k9 or any of that so it's great that they use them as a device to open the eyes if you like of, mm. of you know a little snippet into what was before yeah but yeah. what i also really like about the interaction between rose and sarah jane is that it's also subtly underlying the the kind of character that the doctor is mm. because it's very apparent that he's never mentioned Sarah Jane or any of his past companions to Rose. 
So she's like, she feels like the, you know, she's the number one, you know, this is all fresh and new for me and the doctor. You know, she's completely unawares that he's done this for, you know, hundreds of years with different companions. Yeah. So yeah. when it finally hits her that, you know, he's got this vast history of, of previous adventures with previous companions, Sarah Jane being one of them, that kind of says a lot about the doctor's character as well, sort of under the mm. surface. Although it's on the on the surface, it's very much there's that very jealous, catty, you know, you know, saucer of milk for table rose. Yeah. You know, underneath all that, it sort of highlights, you know, why hasn't the doctor mentioned any of the companions before to Rose? You know, seeing as they're quite close and they've obviously got that bond and that relationship, you know, it's a bit like, you know, I know everyone has skeletons in a closet, but why hasn't the doctor even referenced any of his past companions to Rose. Mm. So it does bring her down, you know, with a bit of a bump to reality that she's not the first companion and this is not his first rodeo, so to speak. Mm. I, lo- I love the way Tennant mm. does that as well because he, he, you know, it, like you said, he does really, he doesn't, um, he's quite straight with Rose, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He, he kind of gets straight to the point of like, well, look, this is why. And it's it's interesting because he says like, no, I don't age. Um, you do. Mm. And although I think that's, you know, they've kind of changed that, haven't they, recently? The Doctor does age, actually, it would seem, uh, if you look at, like, Matt Smith's final. So that's kind of gone out the window in the Moff era. But but I, I know what they're try- I yeah. know what he's trying to say. It still works, just about. But um, So he's sort of saying, you know, you'll, you'll die, and I don't want to see all my companions die in front of me. I'd rather just you know, see you go off doing your thing and then me, I move on. And I, I, I think it's a really important scene, something mm. I'd never really thought about in terms of the doctor's personality. And he describes it as the, the that's the curse of the time Lords is that we just go on and on and, and you yeah. don't, yeah. you know, and I, I think that's a really cool little point. I'd never really sort of thought, you know, about it in those terms, like, you know, the, the doctor is different and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you sort of then start putting yourself in his shoes thinking, well, what, yeah, what would I do? You know, yeah. well, that's precisely it. It's not until he's kind of forced into a corner by Rose mm. to actually tell her what the situation is. Because otherwise, if they hadn't have bumped into Sarah Jane, maybe Rose would still not have known about anything else beforehand. Mm. You know, so it's very interesting, very cleverly done in that short space of time. Yeah, um, and the uh, I, I really like the the emphasis on the Doctor having to deal with classic and his current companions because although mm. he's kind of taken it in his stride you know he's dealt with sarah jane you know and he's, he's dealt with rose it's you know the the lines especially by mickey are really funny he's like yeah the yeah, x and the missus the x and the missus <laughs> mate you know he, he's really winding him up and mm. so it does put the emphasis on the doctor having to kind of deal with these two opposing you know forces if you like yeah so uh, very very cleverly done yeah, no. I, I, as I said, it's a the sort of jealousy thing slightly irks me, but it, it needs to be there um, in terms of like, yeah, bringing all that story into it. And mm-hmm. it is interesting. It's an interesting way of looking at the Doctor and how he leads his life, which yeah. um, perhaps you you know may not have been sort of touched upon before in the series. So it does it does need it. Yeah. Hmm. What did you think to? Yeah. So like you said, it it's paced very well. It moves along relatively quickly. It does. Yeah. Before you know it, the episode's been and gone. Because it's one of those episodes where there's something, the 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 scene by scene, if you like, it just rattles along really nicely. You're not left, which which is also quite well well done because it kind of has these peaks and troughs where 
you know, stuff's happening. It might just be a scene where all the kids are in the classroom, you know, mesmerized by what they're doing and they're kind of on autopilot, you know, crunching out all these um, uh, equations and so on. And then like Murray Gold music is thundering along. Oh, it's, he's really yeah. going for it, isn't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it will cut to a very quiet conversation, you know, and then we'll go back into some action-y stuff with the Krillotanes and, you know, they've, you know, might have eaten somebody, you know, you always see mm. their silhouettes in the door and they've eaten somebody and, and then we go back to something quiet. So it's really got that great scene by scene, you know, up and down and that contributes to you flying by that 45 minutes. So at the end, when you're saying goodbye to Sarah Jane again, she's very sad, but then you're off on another adventure. You just sit back and you're like, where did that time just go? It did. And also, cause I've seen it quite a few times when I put this on last night, um, you know, I was thinking I might, because I know it quite well, mm. I was thinking I'd probably be sat there watching it, but, you know, looking at my phone. So I wasn't, I was I really enjoyed it again. And it, it like you said, it it went by in no time. Mm. Um, so, yeah. What did you think to the the monsters in this one, then, these Krillotines? Uh, I, I think a, they're an interesting monster, but they're, I mean, they, they look dated, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, but that's, things like that don't tend to bother me, really. I mean, I think that the, in terms of the effects, I think they haven't worn that well, but I think other bits have. So the bit where the Krillotine flies in front of the moon, I think looks still looks beautiful mm-hmm. as, as an effect um, and stuff. But I don't know. They're an, they're an interesting monster in what they're t- trying to be, the fact that they evolve and take bits that they like and all that sort of stuff. So that's quite interesting. Um, but it's weird because I sort of like Anthony Head's <laughs> character mm-hmm. probably more than the actual Quillotine monster itself, if you know what yes, I mean. I probably would yeah. have liked to have seen him in it a bit more because I actually think he's really good in it. He, he sort of plays it quite under, and un, you know, understated sort of performance rather than being a big shouty villain. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's quite sort of cool, isn't he? Um, yeah, and quite very. calculating. It's all you know. The, I, I've forgotten as well. You know the bit at the end where Canine's shooting things and and uh, Do- Mr. Finch <laughs> is like screaming. Yeah, it looks like Anthony Head's eyes are going to pop out of his head. He's really going for it at the end. Actually. Very much so. Yeah. Um, is he actually doing that? Have they like sort of CGI'd his eyes or it looks like his eyes are going to pop out at one point. He's like screaming, isn't he? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, it does look, he, he's really good with the physical stuff. If that's the yeah, case. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's, he's pretty good in it. I think if anything, um, we could have had a little bit more of him, but yeah, he's, he's a good sinister sort of, um, hmm. counterbalance to the doctor, isn't he? I think in this one, I like, like that. Very but much. What, so. what do you think of the Quillotine though? As a, as a monster? Um, yeah, I don't mind. They did have a, a sort of creepiness to them. I, I found them mm. to be um, more like a, a kind of sort of vampire esque, yeah, kind of monster. It's really, um, if anyone's seen, because there's a, a, a scene where they they break into the school at night and um, they're looking for them. And when they go into a classroom, the doctor looks up and they're hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, And that's really creepy. If anyone's ever seen um, this really old vampire film called The Lost Boys from the 80s. I remember that. Great film. Very yeah. similar scene where they break into the, the cave and they're looking for them and they can't find them and look up and they're all hanging from the ceiling. It reminded me of that, you know, old school kind of vampire. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple of scenes like that as well where you don't see it directly. They were quite clever because they didn't have the budget to do a full-on, you know, person morphing into one of these creatures and stuff. They did this clever thing where... 
they always used to close the classroom door and then you'd just see the silhouette and it would, yeah. you know, the wings would come out and you'd hear this horrifying scream and you knew that behind the door somebody was getting nastily devoured and mm. and stuff. So I, I think as a creature, they didn't really kind of set off any, oh my God, this is a class, this is a new classic. You know, They're not iconic enough. Yeah, no. yeah. However, for the sake of the story, yeah, I thought they worked really well. They had this really menacing... Yeah, like I said, this vampire kind of thing going on, which is quite good. Because mm, a couple of the other teachers are really um, unnerving as well, especially mm. when they're in human form, aren't they? They're quite sort of sinister. And like you said, it's um, I like the fact we get to see the sort of more graphic bits are done in shadows that's left to your imagination. There's a great bit where they're walking down the stairs and then they transform back into humans. So by the time they get to the other end of the stairs, they're human. Do you know the bit I mean? That's, yeah, a, that's a really yeah. nice... I simplistic idea but it was probably quite hard to to, to actually put on screen but it works really well mm. uh, that they walk down the stairs as crillotine and then turn the corner off camera and come back down the stairs as human i thought oh, that's really cool i like that um yeah so yeah they're not iconic but you're right they because we've got all the other stuff going on with sarah jane and canine and everything all of that mm. which you know for me is, is the best part of the episode is all that stuff with sarah jane um you know i guess they're they're just right they're they're in there enough to do their scary bit but they're not iconic enough to overshadow the other stuff i suppose yeah indeed and i really like anthony head's um performance he's good yeah very chilling and very um mm. sort of yeah sinister character he's got that really good facial expression where you know because they slicked his hair back and he's got the very stern face you know he looks like that you know any moment he could you know snap sort of snap and go a bit mad really and but mm. yeah very cool and collective on top um there's a cool bit where he sort of turns and does this weird thing with his feet as well, isn't there? It's as if he sort of thought, it's as though he sort of thought about his character thinking, I'm not, you know, I'm not a human, so <laughs> I might sort of, you know, turn in a strange way. And yeah. All that. You know, little things like that. Do you know what I mean? It sort of zooms in on him and he sort of crossed his That's feet right. yep. together and stuff like that. Little things like that. I think it's a nice touch. Yeah. And some really, um, uh, really sinister little scenes as well, like, um, where the, the bells rang at school and all the students are sort of running around the corridor and up the stairs and the doctor's looking over the stairs down at the floor and he's he's down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he senses that the doctor can see him and he's mm. got this really sort of creepy look as his head turns around and stares right back at the doctor and you think, oh, this is creepy. But yeah. So like you said, not iconic, but for the sake of the story, I think they work really well. And um, of course, Anthony Head's, um, it's not his first time being involved in doctor who either he was uh have you picked up did you pick up the years ago those small animated adventures of the 10th doctor and martha yeah the, oh yeah i've got them yeah one called the infinity quest and he was the voice yeah. of uh balthazar oh okay i'd completely forgotten that but yes yeah. i've got it yeah. yeah some really cool behind the scenes on that anyone that's not watched that infinity quest animated short there's a really cool behind the scenes of of david tennant um and the other people in the recording studio oh, okay that's quite interesting and he also did the narration for doctor who confidential oh yes of course oh of course good old confidential yeah oh i miss those days yeah it's a yeah good, oh, good days good times can i just say the other bit i love with his character though is um there's a scene when he offers the doctor um the chance to save his own people mm -hmm. which i thought was a, the way those two play that scene i thought was great actually because he's like, because it looks like the doctor's considering it for half a second, doesn't it? it looks That's as the it almost as if encounter. he, 
Yeah. 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 I was going to say that's the other bit I just like between those two. But yeah, it does look like for a second the doctor might. Hmm. But then he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, that's Sarah Jane that kind of prods him back to. Snaps him out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like a sensible decision, isn't it? Because I think the mm. first time, like you mentioned earlier, that scene where they're in the swimming pool and he's kind of giving the doctor a kind of ultimatum almost, you know, it's like we are going to crack this code. And when we do, you know, we'll be masters of all of space and time. But I'm giving you the choice, you know. Yeah. And obviously at that point, he's very much like, no, you must be kidding, mate. You know, we're going to stop you. But then, yeah, like you said, that second time, the doctor does sort of give it a second thought, doesn't he? And you mm. think, surely not, surely not. But good old Sarah Jane sort of snaps him out of it. And then Tenning gets to do a bit of the good old rage acting that he's so good at when yeah. he throws in love. That. I do love that bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great stuff. And I think that's, um, that's a ni- another nice little nod to Sarah Jane, I think. Because there are a few times um, in when, especially with Tom's character, she was very much the voice of reason at times mm. um, and sort of kept him grounded, if you like, a few yeah. times, especially when he's off in angry, angry Time Lord mode. Mm. Um, and I think that was a nice little way for her to interject there as well, because she could have just been an everyday companion. And I use that term very loosely, but she could have just been, you know, following the doctor around and, not doing much, but the fact that she uh, she stopped him from making a potentially you know catastrophic decision there is what Sarah Jane's good at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't pander to the doctor. I'm thinking about like mm. Brain and Morbius when he's being all sulky. Oh, at the beginning, she's like yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't she doesn't have any of it, does she? She's like, oh, I know who you are. She just takes the Mickey out of him as if like I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, pandering to your silly childish ways. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, it is one of the things that makes Sarah Jane great. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. She's very, very good. Mm. Uh, let's talk about... So the, the supporting cast are quite smallish, really. Um, one of the one of the uh, children in the school, um, the, the little lad with the glasses, who isn't being affected by the, you know, by the, the brainwashing, the if you like, the chips. Yeah, yeah he's, um, he's the one that sort of, sort of saves the day almost, especially in the eyes of the other, the other children in the school. They love him at the end. They're all cheering yeah. for him that's like the classic old you know he's not the the best looking lad in the school he's a little bit tubby and you know he can tell that he's not mr popular but he comes good in the end and he's like everyone's cheering for him it's such a great little moment yeah Um, it's a nice scene yeah his character he he's quite cool i think um it's milo isn't it it is milo isn't it yeah pretty sure yeah he also um does get an important thing to do as well he smashes the fire alarm because he works out that they're like bat like creatures so that it'll be really loud when he yeah so that's yeah. quite cool so he gets that to do which is nice as well yeah and uh, just brings him into the story a little bit more makes him a bit more important and mm-hmm. then so yeah that's good uh the other people are really just like the other teachers and like the other dinner ladies i suppose that work with rose you know mm. they're all sort of in on it if you like um let's talk about k9 K nine, yeah. So <laughs> I, I assume you're you you were very happy that John Leeson was obviously voicing Back. the 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 dog. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I I, I loved it when he when they opened the car boot and and K uh, nines <laughs> in there. I, I absolutely I loved it then. I love it now. Um, I was always a bit sad that he looked so battered and, you know, but it's amazing when he comes out all brand new at the end. Um, that just really was the 
the cherry on the cake for me. I was just like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm delighted to have have him back, and I think um, I think it works brilliantly because you've got Mickey, uh, obviously realizes that he's the tin dog in a brilliant little scene with sarah jane and so that bit when he's in the car with canine i think is is just great you know when he's like we have our car and he's like yes i know we have but what are we gonna do and all that sort of stuff so yeah i I think canine works great in the story and it you know and i love all the sort of stuff with him and him and mickey like doctor saying leave the window open the jar he's like he's a tin dog he's like i'm talking about you (laughs) and all that so there's you know some really good stuff (laughs) going on um with mickey canine the doctor and all the rest of the cast so yeah i was very pleased to have him back yeah he is the voice isn't he of, uh, oh he is the voice yeah I mean, without a doubt yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely and it is really sad i remember the first time seeing this episode when the doctor says to him yeah but if you know if you, you won't be able to survive basically if you do this and his only reply is affirmative affirmative yeah <laughs> and that just killed me because yeah. i thought you know even i mean that's just a a silly thing, isn't it? You, you you do have an attachment to a non-human. It's it's been you know course, yeah yeah a, you know many films have played on it like you know yeah and um and uh, yeah when he sacrifices himself, I thought that was it. I thought that was the end of K nine. I thought I no. did the first yeah. time I saw it. I was like, this is awful. This is terrible. <laughs> but um, should have known. You know, Russell. He's he's a big softy at heart, isn't he? Old Russell yeah so, uh, yeah you know should have known that he was going to come back but it's a very sad moment because the doctor hasn't got a choice it's a, it's either that or they escape he hasn't got any other options so it's all down to k9 yeah and i like that because it's um yeah like you said it's, it's it's just brilliantly all tied up as well and his little batteries are running down Aww. it's like his final it's his final thing isn't it to Aww. do you know it's weird actually because i wrote um obviously we know that Sarah Jane and K9 after they leave the TARDIS at the end we know that they go off to do the Sarah Jane adventures mm-hmm. um and I don't know if Russell you know I, well I'm sure he had it in his mind at that point um but it's uh, it's you know it's interesting that they went on to do that because one of the, the notes I wrote was this story feels like a Sarah Jane adventure and then I was like oh you Wally this was way before the Sarah Jane adventures of course it was they hadn't even like done that series yet so you know it's it's like the forerunner isn't it it was almost yeah, as if let's yeah. see if this is popular and then and then hopefully we'll get a, a spin-off series which thankfully they did and thankfully uh, Liz Sladen did come back because it says um I've read that she initially turned it down she initially didn't want to return because she um I, I, can't, I don't know she I can't remember why it would be a, a- a well-rounded enough reason for her character to be in it. She thought she was just going to have a little cameo cameo. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that she changed her mind because she then sort of read the script or whatever and decided, Oh, actually, you know, I'm quite central to this story and she did it. And I mean, that, and now obviously that led on to Sarah Jane adventures. So it's, you know, it's so good that she did decide (laughs) to come back and it went on to do that. And it, and as I said, it does feel what, you know, when you watch the Sarah Jane adventures, this has that same nice, light tone but with a very sinister edge to it that a lot of the sarah jane adventures um have so it's quite you know it's quite nice to have it in that same sort of you know the feel if you like mm. so I, I just kept thinking that all the way through this feels like a sarah jane adventure and i was like yeah that wasn't actually on when this was aired <laughs> but but it went on to be which is you know which is fantastic that's uh, really cool and interestingly enough we've got some sarah jane adventure reviews coming up in uh, in a couple of months time haven't we we have, which I'm very excited about. And I think 
I think most people, when we see that last shot of Sarah and Canine going off together, I think most of us wanted more. You know, so you know what I mean. I, I mean, I certainly sat there thinking, "Oh no, I hope they come <laughs> back." And then to get like a whole spin-off show with them um, is is just amazing. And I'm really looking forward to reviewing them because there's I've seen lots of them, but there are lots I haven't seen. I haven't seen all of the episodes, so I'm really looking forward to getting into them. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one episode out of the whole lot. So oh, yeah, I, okay. I'm really looking forward to watching it all fresh because there's probably lots of our listeners that are like, where have you been? You I know. know this is, <laughs> so I know it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm really looking forward to uh, to looking at more Sarah Jane adventures. Me too. Yeah, based on this episode, really. Because like you said, it does feel a bit like Sarah a Jane. Forerunner. Yeah, forerunner. Yeah. Um, okay, so what about um, uh, Mickey and Rose? I know we spoke about them a little bit, but I uh, mm. really like um mickey's uh banter if you like in this one he's i like uh, mickey in this he's on form because in previous um in the previous stories he's been very very uh unhappy that 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 rose has decided to you know drop drop sticks and you know just go off and travel with the doctors he's always voiced vocally that he's unhappy about that but it seems in this episode he's just kind of accepted it and he's kind of taken a humorous approach to it mm. you know because uh because he gives it both you know like we said earlier he says to the doctor you know the missus and the ex you know he, so he's winding the doctor up a little bit and then because of all this, he now sees it as an opportunity to sort of lay into Rose a little bit. So by mm. saying, you know, he's essentially saying, oh, you thought he was Mr. Perfect, but now, you know, he's got all this past that you didn't know about and he's not a one-woman man. And yeah. so he really sort of uses this opportunity to really nail home the fact that it's not all wine and roses that you thought it was going to be. Excuse the pun. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I think Mick is brilliant in this one, especially that side of it but also like you said when he's like oh my god i'm the tin i'm the tin dog yeah <laughs> he's just brilliant mickey i love him in this one i do i i, I think he's great in it as well um I, re- I really enjoy all all those moments and once again it's because rose is quite harsh jim and i know i know last time we said this uh one of our listeners kind of said well don't feel too sorry for him because and they sort of gave us um some examples of why mickey wasn't perfect you know and all that sort of stuff but but i I like i like the character of mickey and i do think rose is a little bit um unkind to him and so it is nice to see that you know the shoe being on the other foot for a change and Mm -hmm. him being like see it's not all me you know you you got all these things going on as well and yeah that scene at the end where he's like can i come (laughs) and the doctor's like yeah because the doctor's been a bit harsh to him as well from what i remember or maybe it's more the ninth doctor the ninth doctor was ninth doctor doesn't take him but um yeah, so it's really cool when the doctor's like, "Yeah, go on then." And Rose just is so she's seething, isn't she? She's seething. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she's absolutely seething. Would have been interesting if Sarah Jane had gone off for an adventure, actually. But it's perfect that she doesn't. Yes. It's perfect yeah. that she says no. It's kind of closure for her at last, isn't mm. it? Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's lovely. And um, what's the next story? Girl in the fireplace. Well, so we kind of get a a cool TARDIS team then, don't we? We get Mickey, the Doctor and Rose and they work really well in that story. Mm. Um, So yeah, but he's great in it. Gets some great moments. Yeah. Really cool. And yeah, I agree. I think that's what I mentioned. That's what I mentioned earlier. I think if the Moff had been involved in this, if this had fell into his era with Matt Smith, maybe I, I, I honestly think that he would have tried to have 
used Sarah Jane, you know, a lot more. Probably. Yeah. 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 If, you know, I know sadly she's not with us anymore, but, you know, if she was, you know, more involved in the story, I, I just think that he would have brought her back more, you know, and have tried to have shoehorned her into, you know, more stories and all that lot. So I, I really like that Russell just closed it off and, you know, Sarah Jane's been back, but, you know, like you said, she's got closure now. And, yeah, and so she doesn't feel like a plot point, does she? Russell's, no, no. Like, that's unfortunately what the moth tends to do is use things for plot points instead of having any reason. Whereas Russell sat down and thought, okay, so Sarah Jane gets dropped off. What would she have been doing between now and then? And how would she be feeling if she saw the doctor again? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, which is perfect because that's exactly what we would be sort of thinking and you know like you said it just really nicely rounds off that sort of chapter that she says because she says to the doctor that she just say goodbye so mm. that it's done yeah because you didn't yeah. do it last time mm. and that's it's it's yeah it's it's perfect it is yeah um and i really like rose in terms of her um this jealousy thing that she has going on with sarah jane at first i was like oh this is quite annoying but when you see them to kind of progress through you know, again, amazingly through that very short space of time. So initially mm. they hate each, well, Rose, you know, she hates Sarah Jane immediately because, you know, the green, you know, green eye monster, monster just sort yeah. of pops up immediately. But then as they get on, they have a bit of a laugh and they wind the doctor up. And so I, I like that because, again, they could have left that kind of awkwardness between them. Mm. Um, they could have left it there. But um, no, it, it was really good to see them progress as sort of, really liking each other towards the end because they kind of get to the point don't they where they're arguing again and they just stop and look at each other and like what the hell are we doing <laughs> yeah you know so it's, um, it's a they talk about the doctor stroking the tardis console and yeah. stuff which sort of there's they slowly bond which is really nice I think. yes yeah, yeah. so I, I do like that i mean rose can be a tad annoying with her sometimes you know the way that her her character comes across. You just think, oh, here we go. It's Rose having the ump again. And, mm. you know, Rose having a bit of a dig because she's not happy about something, which Mickey has to deal with, which is what we were saying. Yeah. Um, but I like the progression that she has with Sarah Jane. So at the end, them two are, are all good, so to speak. I do. I like the progression. I agree with you. I, but I do find Rose a bit annoying in this story. She's probably, the, yeah. she's, yeah, she's probably the only slight um, negative, if you like, that I have with it, that she does, she's a bit sort of, uh, fawning around after the doctor. And I mean, he did, that's kind of why I like the fact the doctor does tell her straight. Cause she's like, Oh, I mm-hmm. thought maybe we were. And he's like, what we were, what yeah. he's quite sort of short with her, but I don't know. She's a bit annoying in this, but like you said, I do like the progression of the fact that mm-hmm. her and Sarah Jane, um, have to sort of find that middle ground and then slowly bond and become friends. So that's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. And what about Mr. Tennant himself then? Yeah, he's he's great in this. I, I I love that scene when he first meets Sarah Jane, um, and because I kept thinking the first time I watched it, why doesn't he just say I'm the Doctor? It's me. Um, but then <laughs> but then that's great that he doesn't because we we get that brilliant scene that you mentioned earlier when he's just stood behind her when yeah. she sees the tar. I oh my god, I loved that the first time. I love it now. I, every time I watch it, I, it's just the way the camera spins round and he's just stood there and you're like, here we go. Yeah. She's like, yeah. she's figured it out. And she knows straight away that she, she's like, I, I thought so, I, you know, or whatever. She just knows instinctively who he is and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, but he's great in that scene, isn't he? When he first meets her and his face lights up and I almost feel that's um, as much David Tennant as... 
as the doctor because obviously he's a big doctor who found himself isn't he david Tennant? so mm-hmm. he's probably i imagine delighted when he heard that he was going to be you know working with Liz Slade, and i would i would think so when he turns around and that big old grin he gives, I, I kind of feel that's just coming straight from his heart anyway. I, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause if we think about, um, uh, Tennant being a, a really big doctor who fan, mm-hmm. it was Tom's era that he really liked, wasn't it? When he was younger. So I, I remember him saying in interviews that he had posters of Tom Baker on the wall and, and, and all that stuff. So Sarah Jane probably would have been one of his fave, companions i'm guessing i assume because that was from his you know when he was a big fan of the show so Mm. an opportunity to work you know like you said that smile probably would have came from david tennant not from the doctor Mm. i would say and i think there's um uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think he pops up in the sarah jane adventures in one episode he he does um yes it might be more than one i can't remember but he's definitely it might just be one like a two-part or something he's definitely in there yeah, yeah, he's definitely in there. Yeah. Uh, but think, this story suits... Sorry, mate, go on. And just quickly, I think, again, in one of the behind the scenes, I think he said that when they when they suggested it to him, would you pop up in an episode of Sarah Jane? I think he said that he said yes before his brain even thought about the question. Because yeah. the thought of working with Liz Sladen again and, and all that. So, yeah, I love his interactions with Sarah Jane. Brilliant, brilliant. I was going to say, I think this story really suits his doctor as well because he gets to do this sort of teacher role. And even from that very first scene when he walks in and he's like, physics, 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 physics. That's so (laughs) David Tennant's doctor, considering this is obviously his first series as the doctor. Still, you know, finding his feet, finding his doctor, if you like, uh, at these early stages. So I think it really suits his his doctor as well, um, going undercover as a teacher in the school. Um, And I just think he plays it well. And he gets to do a lot of the sort of, Tenth Doctory stuff in this as well, doesn't he? He gets mm-hmm. to do the shouty stuff, smashing the screen. He gets to do those lovely smouldering moments of <laughs> uh, chatting to the, you know, a Finch at the swimming pool. So, you know, he, he gets to do all of that. He gets to do all the stuff with Sarah Jane, with, which is quite sentimental, and he does it all brilliantly. He really does. You know, it's not one of those where I feel like he's just, you know, going through the motions. I think he just really is great in this one. Yes, yeah. and he looks a lot younger. I kept thinking when he first walks in and takes the specs off or puts them on or whatever it is. And I was thinking, blimey, Mr. Tennant, you look you're very young in this episode. You know, it doesn't look when you think of him all battered at the, you know, the end of time and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's early days for his doctor, but I think he's definitely, um, he's is, already yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, I, I really like this collection of stories as well. So although, um, uh, tooth and claw isn't, um, you know, an, an amazing episode. I really like David Tennant's performance in that. I thought mm. he, he was really good. And then we have this one, and then we have Girl in the Fireplace afterwards, and he's really good in that as well. That's a great story. Really like that one. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are these three stories in a row where Tennant is just superb. Mm. He's just brilliant. So those three I could watch back to back really easily because like this one, his performance is so good. Um, yeah, he's just great. And it's not only that, he has to deal with more stuff as well. So, mm. you know, he has the the emotional side of things with K-9 at the end and the, the happiness with K-9 when he first sees him. He has the shouty bit, like you said, with the with Mr. Finch. And he, he has the kind of the, the, the women fighting sort of thing. Mm. That he has. So he has a lot going on in this story. And, and he reacts brilliantly to all of it. So... 
no complaints from tenant really he just he's great in in another universe as well i always think i can so imagine uh, tenant's doctor traveling with canine like in another you know i could i could totally see that like his doctor would work with canine i always think mm-hmm. just like you know a bit like the fourth doctor with canine i, I can just see tenant would be great <laughs> with canine as a companion like i said in another universe i'm, I'm glad they didn't go down that route but hmm. you know when he's it's just like you said it's just the interaction with canine i can see it there's uh it, 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 you know it works <laughs> it does absolutely yeah. Um, anything you want to mention around this story before we get on to our scores? No, mate. I think we've we've pretty much covered it. Yeah. Oh, well, so. What do you think of Murray's music in it? We do, we do often talk about the music because he is going for it in this one, isn't he? Oh yeah. Especially with yep. the kids when they're being all dun, 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 you know. <laughs> it's it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's great. It's one of those um, it's one of those uh, episodes where we see a little bit of variety from Murray's music. So we do have the action-packed music that you just mentioned and that sort of theme that thunders around. But we also have those really little, like when Sarah Jane first sees the TARDIS, just that little Oh, theme, yeah, that's lovely. You know? Um, so we do see a decent variety of stuff from Murray, but I, I really like it. It's, I was um, say, yeah, I was going to say the bit where Finch is on the roof with the Quillotane as well, there's like this little sort of sounds and stuff. So, yeah, it's quite, like you said, very subtle and nice. So I thought it was pretty good in this story. Um, right. Scores then. Okie dokie. Whose turn is it to go first? I think you, it's... You, is it? Or is it other? Go on, you uh, go first. I'll go first anyway. Um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. <gasps> 9 out of 10? Mm-hmm. God, okay. Well, I'm going slightly lower. I'm surprised because I, I really like this one. I'm going 8 out of 10. An 8, okay. An eight, yeah. It's I really like it. I wouldn't put it up there as a nine or ten, um, just just because it is quite light. It's, it's do you know what I mean? It's a quite a light story, um, but then we need that every now and again. So, yeah, eight eight for me. Yeah, I, I gave it a nine because, with the exception of a few scenes with Rose, mm. and a couple of little effects that haven't dated that well, mm. there's I haven't got any complaints with the rest of it. I Fair think enough, it's just yeah. a really good enjoy, like a really cool watch, you know, especially for, I know this is going to sound very weird and almost, you know, not making sense. But if you put this on for people who haven't seen Doctor Who before, even with the references to Sarah Jane and K9, I think they would still really, really like it. And it'd be yeah. one of those like, oh man, this is, this is great stuff. So yeah, I just really like it. Great. Story. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So a nine and an eight. Nine and an eight. From us. Uh, what did our superb listeners think? <laughs> uh, jump on the Twitter first. So um, CIMS2007 says one of the best from the tenant era. Uh, lead cast, all fantastic. Uh, and Sarah Jane uh, as well. The whole story summed up in one line by Mickey, the misses and the ex, every man's worst nightmare. Uh, he says, simply brilliant, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, all right. Uh, Brighter Moon says, enjoyable episode, everyone is on top form, having Sarah Jane and K9 back really makes it something special. One mm. of the many highlights of the Tenant Era, 8 out of 10. Cool. Um, Mike Friendly 3 says, I really enjoy this story. Anthony Head is a standout. Um, with a fantastic performance. Liz is on top form. However, it's Rose that I'm not a fan of. Uh, mm. It bugs me the way she treats Sarah Jane. However, it doesn't hinder my enjoyment. Seven out of ten. 
Okay, cool. Uh, Silent Nerd C137. This is a great story to reintroduce Sarah Jane to a new audience, and you really get to understand how hard it's been for her to adjust to normal life. Uh, the, can, the concept of the Krillotane is fantastic, and I'd love to see them return. 8.5. Cool. Sarah Louise Baggett says, one of my fave New Who episodes. Uh, Sarah Jane and Kylie is back, uh, made it fun, nostalgic, and quite emotional at times. Mm. Great performances throughout. Definitely an enjoyable watch. I think this one deserves 10 out of 10. 10. Okay. Wowzers. Um, <laughs> the Rick Moran says, uh, absolutely tremendous episode, extremely emotional and settles the argument that the new era of who is a continuation of the same show and not a reboot. Mm, yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, who productions says it made me feel nostalgic having not seen a single episode of Classic Who prior to season... Oh, God, I said season. Yeah, it's catchy. Uh, prior to series two, I can't even imagine what Classic fans felt seeing Sarah back after all those years. An instant favourite when re-watching Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Frog Alapesh says, It's okay, although I'm not really a fan, particularly not at the time. And uh, Crispy Crutch says that Mm -hmm. moment when Sarah Jane sees the TARDIS and realizes who John Smith is brilliant exclamation mark, which is very true. That's an amazing bit. Yeah. Uh, Over on Facebook, uh, Lewis Blackmore says, I've always loved this underrated classic uh, from one of the best who writers in the modern series. Uh, Mr. Finch played by the fantastic Anthony head is a great villain along with the Krillotane um, who are villains. I'd like to see make a return. 9.5. 9.5. Mm. Um, what's not, this uh, is Paul Villano, what's not to love? Frights, humour, brilliant, brilliant acting, although there's more to love for those who know the backstory of Tennant, being a fan since childhood and meeting Liz Sladen and K-9 in person. Uh, and it shows. 9.5, mm. only if one quibble is the outdated FX. Yeah. Uh, Sir Jacob Burt Whistle says... A fantastic, almost flawless episode. Really do love uh, the return of Sarah Jane and K9. Um, love Anthony Head as Mr. Finch, such a creepy villain. Only niggles um, with the episode. So I don't like the snobby attitude Rose has when Sarah Jane comes into the scene. Mm. Uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, okay. Jason Thayer, I've, onda- I've often wondered if this was meant to be a backdoor pilot for the Sarah Jane adventures, which is what you said, mate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't, it's still a great nod to the past and I've often wished we could meet other older companions. Nine mm. out of ten. Oh, another all high scores so far. Sammy Satine says Anthony Head is the, as the creepy Mr. Finch was an excellent casting choice. He even did his own scream for the Krillotane. Oh, okay. He did uh, do it then. Yeah, yeah, the return of Sarah Jane and K9. What is not to love about that? Always good to see Mickey Rose. So always good to see Mickey. Rose being an absolute cow to Sarah Jane when they first meet, <laughs> I don't like. I no. always hated when Rose was a cow. <laughs> uh, David is excellent, as always. The pool scene, um, uh, the pool scene, um, I've lost my place now, uh, with him and Auntie Head is just brilliant. I love mm. this story so much. I watched Girl in the Fireplace again after this because I was in the mood. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 and- Turn out of ten. Yeah. Um, Joseph Howarth said, "This is a really solid episode through and through. 
had the right amount of action, comedy, and even creepiness in the form of the Quillotine and Mr. Finch only niggles his Rose's behavior in the episode. I think a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. Um, Sarah Jane was brilliant. And if it weren't for this episode, then I wouldn't have seen the spin-off series and I wouldn't have watched the classic series. Uh, she is always, she is and always will be one of my favorite companions. Mm. Good to see K9 again. I really hope that I'd see more of him because the plot, um, the plot line kind of took a back seat at times, but otherwise, no other niggles. Nine out of ten. Yes. Dean Jones, a brilliant story from the Tenant era. An engaging plot. Anthony Head is fantastic as Mr. Finch. And I love the whole aspect of what teachers do behind closed doors, as everyone who has been to school has had those thoughts to some degree. Mm. <laughs> uh, Liz Sladen is wonderful as Sarah Jane. K9 is great, and the script has some great dialogue. Tenant is excellent. And his interaction with Sarah Jane to the awesome swimming pool confrontation is um, is awesome. Noel Clark is a nice addition as Mickey. Um, I really dislike Rose's attitude. Another one. Yeah, another um, one, yeah. Overall, great story. Nine out of ten. Another nine. Another nine. Um, let's move on. Day, uh, sorry, Zach Jenkin says, lovely return for Sarah Jane and K9. Shame that the CGI looks so dated in a short space mm. of time. Although, 8 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Martin Arnold, the return of Sarah Jane. My heart skips a beat every time I watch their reunion. Never mind Amy Pond. Sarah's the real girl that waited. <gasps> yeah. Oh, True. Very true. Yes. Uh, Miles McKenzie, a brilliant story that never gets old. Love the great return of Sarah Jane Smith. And, of course, our boy, K9. Uh, the cast and crew did an excellent job on this episode but the one thing that I hate is Rose and her her moaning Uh, he goes on to say the VFX didn't bother me as it was made back in 2006 overall 8.5 okay Uh, last couple Jake Bottomley says I think this is a good episode this was the second Doctor Who story I watched Uh, I thought the characters were great in this when I first watched the story I was really interested in Sarah Jane and the Doctor connection so when I got uh, so when I got to look through the classics with Sarah in it, I really enjoyed them. Mm. Uh, nine out of ten. That's interesting. I really, that's really cool to hear. You know, when you see something like this, in this case, Sarah Jane, and that prompts you to then go and visit the classic era. I was thinking, actually, listening to some of the earlier comments. Yeah, it's um, it's really nice to think that perhaps uh, a whole new generation of fans that that you know watched dot two since Eccleston started and were way too young to to mm. even know who sarah jane was it's really nice to think that this story introduced them mm. to that beloved character and then you know and and that they they love and cherish her now as much as us classic fans mm. you know what i mean so the younger fans and it, yeah it's just lovely that they introduced them to the to this brilliant character it's awesome mm. yeah mm. and lastly lewis palmer says uh, a cracker from series two that I keep coming back to. Love seeing Sarah Jane. Nice to see the Doctor going undercover. Mm. Anthony Head is fantastic. I always thought he'd make a great Doctor. In mm. this, he conveys a great uh, history and knowledge, and you see him in other things like Buffy, and he's really fantastic at being that Doctory character. It's not a bad shout. No, it's not a bad shout at all, actually. Mm. No. Uh, are good, and original monsters, definitely memorable from this era. Uh, Kenny is cool. The school setting is welcome. Great to see K9. The episode is a is a treat for fans of classic, and I do love it. So eight out of ten. Another eight out of ten. Cool. Anything else? Did you have anything over on the Geeks Handbag, mate? 
I had a couple. Yeah, I'll just, um, as we've had quite a lot of comments, I'll just read a couple. So, uh, Jason House says, one of the best new episodes. Good plot and having Sarah Jane and K9 back was awesome. The final scenes with the Doctor and Sarah are very touching. His only negative, he says, is the CGI aliens. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Bradley Willard, beautiful episode. One of the greatest and most iconic companions returns after 30 years. Liz Sladen really shines as Sarah Jane here. Um, and she he loves the interactions with the Temp Doctor. Uh, he says the plot and villains aren't bad either. He gives it seven out of ten. Uh, Charlie Turner left quite a long comment, so forgive me for not reading it all, Charlie. But basically, he says it's one of his favourites in series two, but he doesn't like how Rose was in a couple of the scenes. Uh, he mentions the fact that there's some bad overdubbing going on, which um, I must admit I did notice as well. Yep. Uh, he gives the episode eight point five out of ten. Uh, Patrick Sherwood um, says it's uh, brilliant. Just absolutely loves the story. Thought Mr. Finch was good as a villain uh gives it a 10 out of 10 awesome patrick walsley uh brilliant episode for series two so it's got a good plot um and the krilla scenes are good villains he thinks he gives it 13 out of 10 (laughs) blimey 13 reference the doctor there lee collins fantastic episode made even better by including canine and sarah jane he says he misses these kinds of stories yeah lee i know really likes the arted ear and just wants us to get back to these sort of easy watching stories so hopefully um peter mccleary uh says it's one of his favorite stories uh, it says it's touching to find out that sarah jane had thought the doctor would come back for her and then again later when he tells rose he leaves people behind because he can't face watching them die. Um, hmm. <laughs> he's, there's some also some classic funny lines too, like I'd stay off the chips if I were you. Yeah, that was another little <laughs> one that Mickey got in, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Oliver says Mickey Smith is the best character in this episode and uh, he will fight anyone who disagrees. And finally, uh, Miles McKenzie says uh, they need to do this more with classic companions it proves it can work yes it absolutely does it totally worked um which classic companions would you like to see come back it's interesting because i've been having this conversation on twitter uh, yesterday and today about um favorite companions Mm. and somebody asked me who my favorite was and i said from the newer series it would be donna Oh, I love Donna. But from the classic series, I had to really think, and there was about three or four that I couldn't decide upon. I said Ace in the end. Oh, yes. Awesome. But I would love to see Ace come back, but I'd also love to see Jamie come back. Oh, yeah, that's a good show. I think he would be awesome, especially now we've got mm. a female Doctor. Mm. Might be cool to uh, have a, a a male companion. Yeah, Jamie would be a good show. I'd, I'd love mm. to see Ace. I agree with you there as a yeah. classic companion. Um, not Tegan, then. I want to get back in the TARDIS. Uh, no, not Tegan. Someone said some. Uh, someone said Adric as well, but I just sort of laughed and spat my tea out a little bit. Unfortunately, I hate to break it to you, he's dead. <laughs> well, that, well, this is Doctor Who, remember? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, could come back. Nobody's yeah. dead. <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh, next week it's Classic Who's turn. So, what have we got next week? Uh, next week, um, we are doing a fifth Doctor story, actually, and it's going to be Warriors of the Deep mm. with Sea Devils, Sea Devils, Solir- Solarians, and Merkers. And Merkers. Yeah. Is that what called? Merkers? Always get confused. Melka? No, it's Merker, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, interesting one, this one. It was the story that had two weeks of its schedule cut. Is it? So, uh, yeah, they had to really, really rush this one out the door. Oh, 
Yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to uh, hear your guys' thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it will be good to watch a Davison one. Haven't seen, because we space them out, obviously. We haven't seen Davison for a little while. No, we haven't, have we? No. So that'd be good. So uh, we'll be asking for your thoughts on that. But anyway, score reunion. High scores are nine from me, eight from Adam. I think we're going to do there for 172. Okie dokie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to 172. Some sad news to kick off, which I hate doing. Mm. But a couple of interesting bits of merch. Not sure on that book yet. Would be interesting to hear from anyone that's that's picked it up. Giving it a read. But it is for charity, so... Anything else? Mm. Always good. Uh, the score reunion review was, um, as expected, I knew you and I would score that relatively high. Yes. It was from our... Commentary. Yeah, from the commentary. So if you guys want to watch along with us... Um, just hop onto the website or iTunes and do a search for School Reunion. You might find this one, but you'll find the commentary that we did. If you want to hear our reactions as we go through the story, that's cool. And we're hoping to do some more commentaries this year. So, um, mm. But we're not sure yet on what to do. So we'll keep you updated on as and when that happens. But in the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on there and you can link off to all of the social media stuff. Give us a like and a follow. We're always chatting about who throughout the week and stuff in between shows about who in general and and all that stuff. Uh, You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes. Just do a search on there. And if you are an iTunes subscriber, if you could drop a like and a a review and a a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps us. Um, plus you can search for us on all the other podcast networks we're on there somewhere remember to check out adam's channel the geeks handbag geeks handbag yes the latest video will have you in (laughs) shock at the amount of money that adam spent on his recent titan blind box collection but some of them are pretty cool yeah they are it's a good set this one i do like it i like it a lot I like it that you were getting worried towards the end that you hadn't got all of I them. I was. I yeah. genuinely was. I was like, where's Nardle? I thought that, <laughs> you know, knowing my luck, he'd been missed out of the box. Yeah. yeah. So check out Adam's channel. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, the whole shebang. Instagram. I'm loving Instagram at the minute. Or Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we look forward to the sea... I was going to say the sea devils. We look forward to Warriors of the Deep <laughs> next they week. They are in there. S- <laughs> Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... <laughs> and... Hey. Hey.